Visible is a wireless carrier that is not invisible. It is pretty clear from the name, actually, radio waves are invisible. And I can say this with authority as a licensed amateur radio operator. That being said, Visible won't be giving you the power to see light outside the visible spectrum. It's actually way better because having that ability would make getting around very difficult and distracting. What you do get with Visible is unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. You get one line of wireless, just $25 a month, which is great in these times of economic uncertainty. That is one line for $25, taxes and fees included. So whatever you're doing at this moment, please stop. Switch immediately. Now, monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Wir gerne sehen in was ist los. It's dein Freundo, Seth. I'm learning German. Yeah, in case you didn't know what that was. That is me trying to impress you with the little German that I know. Right now, I am actually learning German. I took it in high school. I goofed off the entire time. I did some other language learning apps. They taught me things like where the taxi stand is and how to find a bus, um, but not a lot of conversational uh German. Thankfully, that's what Babbel is all about. Babbel teaches you language conversationally, which let's face it, that is what you want to know anyway. I don't know. When I was in school, you learned like how to count. You learned like the colors. You learned the shapes. Those are all important things, but they don't help you when you're in uh, like Cologne, Germany with Ein Nierenstein, which by the way is German for kidney stone, uh, an experience I can unfortunately speak personally to. But I've been using Babbel to learn to speak German again, uh, better than I have before. I actually really like it because it is conversational. It's a little bit more relaxed. One of the things that it does that I really like is it'll sometimes show you what the literal English translation is. And I don't know why, but I find that very helpful in sort of understanding the structure, the grammar of a language and sort of putting myself into that mind space. Since I'm only in Germany for Gamescom, which is like a week, week and a half, I'm not immersed in the German language. I'm not immersed in German culture. So what I do is the second best thing. I'm taking Babbel. Hopefully this year when I go to Germany, I'll be able to impress all the Germans with how much German I know from learning through Babbel. The app has pronunciation recognition, so you'll be able to learn how to speak better with your accent, how to actually properly pronounce the words. That way you won't get made fun of by a, a group of older German men because you said Apfelstrudel and not Apfelstrudel. Um, no, it's really cool. Uh, I'm going to say right now there is a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now you can get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners because you guys are the best ones, by the way, at babbel.com slash realm. Get 60% off at babbel.com slash realm. That is spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash realm. Rules and restrictions may apply. Listen. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Nintendo Voice Chat Game of the Year discussion. I am joined today by Zach Ryan, Per Schneider, and Tom Marks. We're going to talk about games uh in 2020 because that oh, wait, was the who are you spot. oh my gosh that's right i'm seth macy i am your permanent temporary host uh <laughs> of nbc i didn't prepare a catchphrase to test out on everybody this time so i'm just gonna say hello super ninfrendos again 
And now I've said it twice. That means it's stuck. If I say it one more time in a mirror, then yeah, that means it's the it's the real one. So We're obviously we're going to be talking, you know, broadly about the uh, the Nintendo Game of the Year nominees that we have. But if you want to check out the IGN like complete editorial Game of the Year picks, obviously check the site because it's kind of a thing that we do every year. It's a little bit of a big deal, and then you'll be able to see, you know, the entire. You'll see how Microsoft Flight Simulator just won in every category because that is just <laughs> such a perfect perfect experience. It's but we're not here game. to talk. What's that, pair? It's a great game, but you're it's, a liar. Mm, I'm going to have to say that's not true. I'm speaking truths here. Mm-hmm. Preaching gospel of Flight Simulator. But we're not here to talk about Flight Simulator. We're here to talk about Nintendo exclusive game of the year. These, and Red, this is where you sprinkle in a little bit of applause. These are <laughs> your... Nintendo exclusive game of the year nominees on IGN.com. Animal Crossing, New Horizons. Letting the, letting the applause build there. Hyrule Warriors, Age of Calamity. Paper Mario, The Origami King. Yuckman yeah. 3 Deluxe. And Hades. Hooray! Hooray! Oh, I, I, what were we supposed to cheer? No, no, no. no. That's he's gonna sweeten it. Oh, actually, I guess that's adding laughter. Don't sweeten it. We want to be taken very seriously. Okay. So, uh, I would like to start with Zach. Zach, of these games, which is your Nintendo exclusive game of the year? Hades. That's right, baby. It's Hades. Um, Why? Why? What makes Hades your Um, game of the year? Okay, so long-time Nintendo Voice Chat listeners will know that um, much to Paris' chagrin, I'm not really a fan of roguelikes, and he always makes fun of me for it, and he says, but there are so many good roguelike games, and he says it in this German accent. He's really being pejorative about it, and I'm always (laughs) like, it's just never been for me, Pear. I just don't get it, and he's like, oh, you're so stupid, and um, man, Hades really clicked for me. Like, uh, this is a roguelike uh, like none other, I would say. I, I think the combat is so uh fluid and satisfying um no matter what weapon you're playing with i think that it encourages you to try different play styles in in a way that is really engaging which is great because um the game has multiple endings it wants you to finish it many times to see the full story and i'm that's still something that i'm working on now uh i finish it a few times but i you know i like the idea of like taking a break and coming back to it later and and playing a run through and seeing something new um and the story, the way that the story is told is really, really smart. Um, not only in the way that it has like a narrative device for why you're dying and being resurrected and, and et cetera, but also just the actual mechanics of how the story is being delivered behind the scenes are really incredible. Um, the way that characters will reference things that you've done on previous runs. Uh, it, it's just, it's a super impressive game. And it, you know, it was in beta for a long time before it, it a 1.0 version was released on PC and switch this year. And, uh, I think that that it really shows um, what an extended beta period like that can do for a game because that that game started really strong uh, a year ago or or when it, I think it was 2018 actually when it was released on PC. But man, it it is. Uh, I mean, it, I hesitate to say it, but it's it's like to me, it's damn near a perfect game. Like I, I really, wow. really spent a lot of time with it this wow. year and really loved it. And and uh, yeah, it's my pick up for Switch Game of the Year for sure. It, it's probably. Honestly, it's probably my pick for overall game of the year. Whoa. Uh, 
Yeah, you heard it here so. first. Yeah. How many uh, how many times did it take for you to finally escape from the underworld? I completed it on my thirty sixth run. Oh, wow. um, it took me thirty six runs to get through, uh, and I, I eventually I switched it to God mode. Like uh, I got to a point where I was just like really smashing my head against the wall, but I love the characters and I love the story so much that I was like, okay, I, I want to see the ending. Uh, so I switched it to God mode, got through, saw the ending, and then realized like, oh, this game has multiple stages of ending. So I switched it back to normal mode, and I've been working my way through yeah, subsequent endings on normal. So that's what I was going to ask next: is if mm-hmm. you're if you're still rocking it. Mm-hmm. You playing it uh, on the big screen? Are you playing it in handheld or a little bit? So of I almost exclusively play my Switch on the big screen. Like oh, yeah. I, you I'm know, I was especially this year when I have nowhere to go and nothing to do. <laughs> I play. I played it primarily on the big screen. But even before that, um, I've rarely utilized the Switch as a portable console. I've always mostly treated it as a home console. All right, all right. So that is, in your opinion, the best game of the year. And mm-hmm. everyone who disagrees with you, you said, is a jerk. Yeah, I did say that actually verbatim. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure that was set in stone. Yeah. Tom, we're moving Hi. to you now. The, 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 please, folks, hold your applause. Tom, <laughs> you play every game that comes out. It's pretty famous. Uh, but that's the thing is, not, most games okay. you played two years ago when they were on PC. <laughs> yeah, yeah um, that's also true. Of this list of IGN nominees for the Nintendo exclusive game of the year, which is your pick? <laughs> For game of the year i don't know yet to be mm. perfectly honest i'm really torn between uh hades and animal crossing okay um a i think all these games are great b like th- this is the weird thing is like i think i probably like hades more than animal but i okay. think animal crossing is the better switch game of the year to me if that mm. makes sense like yeah, it makes total sense Hades I love I've played like just in if Steam wasn't keeping track an immeasurable amount of that game right like I've beaten it I've beaten I've gotten to the end end I've gotten to the epilogue I'm working on I'm almost done I've almost done the Steam equivalent of a platinum in that game right like I only have like a couple more little achievements to check off and I'm maxed it out basically um I love Hades I just like I've only played it on PC though and like it don't really consider it a switch game in my mind I know it is I know a lot of people played it's not even on other consoles which I think is really cool kind of a cool win for the switch this year in all of the like exclusivity madness Um, but when I think of like the iconic Nintendo game of the year for me it is Animal Crossing and like that's hard for me to like it, you know that's one of those messy little things it's just hard for me my brain to reconcile and like uh yeah i i think animal crossing captured a lot of people's brains today in, or this year in a year that it needed to happen and you know the easter event their first update to that game was like pretty panned but like you gotta hand it to nintendo and that they've been really supporting that game well they've been adding a lot to it they've really been buffing it up a lot of the things that at launch People were going, oh, well, this is missing and that's missing. Oh, there's not art in the game. Oh, there's not diving in the game anymore. All these little things that used to be there are gone are now in it, right? So it's like a a categorically better game than when it launched, which is pretty wild to think about. Uh, Yeah, so uh, Animal Crossing really just captured my brain a lot this year and I think a lot of other people's too. 
I haven't I haven't gone back to Animal Crossing since probably like around June. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I mean, between launch and the time that I dropped off of it, I just spent an obscene amount of time in Animal Crossing. But we're recording this show the day after the Game Awards. And uh, last ah, night, you know, the way that... Dude, you just broke the fourth wall. That's all right. Uh, the, last night when the, <laughs> the orchestra was playing all the Game of the Year nominees music and stuff, and there was that montage of Animal Crossing too. Ah. It like legitimately made me nostalgic for... Yeah. May. I was just like, oh, I should go back <laughs> to my island and see my friends. Like, it, it was very nice. Yeah, I had the exact same. I heard it and I was like, man, I, yeah. I'll, I'll suffer all the weeds and the guilt that I feel for mm-hmm. neglecting it for so long. But, uh, right. uh, Pear. Yeah. So, this is obviously, um, Hades is a great game. Pikmin 3 is a, is a great game. I didn't consider it for game of the year because I just feel like a, a oh, God, midnight scratching on the door. I'm so sorry. One second. <laughs> I know what Pear's going to say. He probably didn't consider Pikmin 3 for the same reason that I, I didn't consider Pikmin 3, yes, right? Absolutely. Is that it's a re-release. Mm-hmm. Right? Is that- exactly. And, and we didn't even nominate the Mario Collection because it's not just a re-release. It's like it's, it's a one-for-one re-release. At least Pikmin got a little bit of work. Okay, goodbye. Thank Pikmin you. 3 is, yeah, <laughs> Pikmin, Pikmin 3 is a, like, a noticeably better version of that game in a lot of ways. Exactly. Right. Um, so, but it's a great game. Probably out of the list of games that we have here is is probably my favorite still. Uh, Hyrule Warriors. I talked about it, you know, at length. Uh, um, I, I enjoy it, but it is a it's kind of like a seven out of ten game for me. And Animal Crossing: New Horizons is a nine out of ten game for me. I really, really like this game. Um, I think sometimes it's tough to judge a game like that months later, um, like games, games like Animal Crossing, where you play so much over such a long period of time, like two to three months. You kind of get kind of get sick of it, right? Or it it just kind of like it fizzles out rather than. If you play a 10-hour story game where you get to this high point of a final boss battle and then you walk away, you're like, awesome. And so your last memory is awesome. Whereas with with Animal Crossing, it's like, oh, my God, my island is full of weeds and there are probably (laughs) fish right now that I should be catching that I'm not catching. Um, (laughs) But no, my pick is Animal Crossing. When it came out, it was just the right game for that moment in time, not just for me, but obviously for many, many people who played that game. Yeah. I, in my family, um, my daughter, and in the beginning, my sons as well, really went nuts for it. And we did all the kind of like uh, linking up and trading items and trying to like complete sets. We did all that kind of metagame stuff, uh, you know, telling each other, like my my son had a Southern Hemisphere island, like he was pretending to be Australian. So, you know, <laughs> we, we could travel over there and, and get mushrooms when uh, it, it was the opposite uh, season for us here in North America. Mm-hmm. And so we just had real fun connecting as a family over this game. Just like we had back in the 3DS days, um, you know, obviously there are a lot of things in Animal Crossing that are not new. You know, it's a tweaked version of a game that's established. And so, you know, like Pikmin, it is not an entirely new experience when you're playing it. But um, there was just this, um, this metagame to it because we're all stuck at home couldn't travel anywhere we couldn't meet with friends we couldn't go to parties we couldn't go to the restaurants and so animal crossing filled some of those gaps and then i will say the other thing that was really um addictive was playing the stock market or the stock market Mm -hmm. in that game right the turnip buying 
people online rallied around it uh you know platforms sprung up that helped you figure out um you know where to find an island where you could sell your your turnips at the highest possible price and it just became this really cool quest every week on the weekends to figure out where to buy low and then how to become a billionaire right in that game and <laughs> Once I stop, once I managed to do all those things, like once you get to this point where you no longer have to worry about money and your house is paid off, then it kind of declines, right? And and you move away from it. But that doesn't replace the awesome memories I had with this game. I really liked when we got the update when you when you got to go diving. And since then, it's been it hasn't recaptured my attention. So I'm I'm hoping that there is a more meaningful kind of year two update to it that gets us back into it. Yeah, I was going to ask when. When's the last time that you you visited your island? So I do. I play my Switch uh, primarily for like big, beautiful games. I play it in docked mode because I want it on my big screen TV. But for games like Animal Crossing, I actually play a lot in handheld mode. And so if I'm watching a TV show that I, you know, that is a little bit more my wife's thing and not my show, <laughs> I bring out Animal Crossing. So I actually logged in last uh, last week and killed a bunch of cockroaches and pulled some weeds again. I have a question. Yes, mm. uh, you, Zach. Can, can you provide us a, an example of a show that might be your wife's thing? And not, mm. uh, that's a great it's, question. It's it's usually people. It's usually documentary shows about people who get trapped in religious cults, or it's some sort of murder mystery thing. Ah, real I see, life I murder see mystery. You spent a lot of time with Nexium this year. Oh God, yeah. There's a lot of uh, yeah. There's a lot of sects, and uh, I think one just for Jamestown came out. So I'll I'll be Animal oh. Crossing in that way. I look, I'm, many of those shows are really interesting, but I don't need to see all the footage. I can listen to it and play Animal Crossing. So so instead of watching a TV show about people who get tricked into joining a cult, you're playing a <laughs> game about a raccoon who tricks people to come to an island to pay him bells and build a house. Yeah, I see what you're doing. Yeah, yep. and may cool. have Hyrule Warriors some episodes of the flight attendant too. <laughs> that seems pretty perfect. I don't know right. anything about the flight attendant, so yeah, I just have to take your word for it, though. Um, yeah. for me, I basically agree with everything that you've already said. You all took my answers. Uh, I think that I enjoyed Hades the most this year, but I think that as far as like the overall IGN. Nintendo exclusive game of the year. I think that Animal Crossing, and for me, I think Animal Crossing is it just has to be it because, like, like everyone said, it came out at the absolute perfect time. Everyone just rallied around it. Um, like you said, you uh, the stock market, everyone was going crazy. You'd, you'd have a great price. You'd open your island, and you'd be like, "Oh no, I can't do anything now because people keep arriving at my island." Speaking of which, have they fixed that? where it takes 20 minutes for somebody to fly into your island and no, no. <laughs> we, we just don't do that anymore so i guess it's fixed oh yeah. one, of my, one of my favorite 2020 memories is like i had a group of friends uh through discord we, there's like eight or nine of us and we did island tours um where everybody came to one person's island and we went you know like oh this is my market and this is it's my adorable. house and this is my, it was such a beautiful time like such a nice thing because we were a few weeks into lockdown and i hadn't seen anybody and like it was such a nice way to touch base but it was also one of the most aggravating sundays that i ever spent because <laughs> it was just like okay here we go waiting again for everybody to try to figure out when to get on a plane like it was yeah it was a lot yeah. it is better now that we're playing it more casually right like a lot of the waiting was when you wanted an item from a certain island or you wanted to to sell your your turnips uh, that's when the big um, the pylon happened and where it really stress tested Nintendo system. And then 
I mean, it, it is not a great online system when you yeah. have to watch every everything in the game stops while another character joins the island mm-hmm. we have to watch the uh, animation imagine any other video game like was like that you know like sea of thieves you drop out you just join back in and nobody knows you were gone imagine you had to watch some ship sail in from the distance <laughs> and, you know it's 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 backwards yeah um, you mentioned the uh sort of the fear of missing out i think is what is what made me sort of not want to play it because you had to have that item. You had to ha- catch that fish. And um, I was playing it too much to where it wasn't a very enjoyable experience for me anymore, even though I love it. And I know that now if I return and I just turned it on like you do when we're watching something that maybe I'm not that interested in or just, you know, checking in on my town. But I, I overwhelmed myself with Animal Crossing by playing it too much and being and chasing Chasing that dragon of getting too much of a good thing, right? It was too much of a good thing. It was yeah. like uh, when I was a kid, I, I took a bowl of, of Lucky Charms before I poured the milk in. I took all the oats out because I hated the oats and I had a big bowl of marshmallows <laughs> and I ate it. And about five seconds after I ate, I felt horrible because mm. I, I got I thought that's it's what I really sugar. wanted. It turns out those oats are vital. So you, yep. <laughs> that's why food. it's called part of that's why it's part of this balanced breakfast you understand yeah. that right i yeah. had an unbalanced breakfast i just right. ate a bowl of marshmallows from if, I, if i if i may interrupt i just sure. want to say that i've i've just noticed in our recording here that uh we're in the vertical format in our mortis uh, on this mm-hmm. episode and i just want to say this is very nice because i could just turn ever so slightly over here and i just give tom a little kiss on his forehead hey tom oh <laughs> it's nice Hold on, let me get let me get to Tom too. Hold on, Tom. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you're listening to the audio podcast version of this, it's not funny at all. It doesn't make any no, sense. A lot of, we're so sorry. Visual goofs they don't come through, unfortunately. Um, yeah. So Animal Crossing, I think, is probably I'm torn because Hades is so good too. But I actually never I never finished Hades. I I I feel this, Seth, because. <sighs> It's hard for me as a longtime Nintendo fan to say that a non-first-party Nintendo game is my Nintendo Switch game of the year, right? Yeah. Like, I, I want it to be Animal Crossing or I want it to be Paper Mario, the Origami King. But, like, when push comes to shove, I had more fun with Hades. I, the, the, the longer that I Fair. spent with Hades, yeah. the, more, the more times I found myself thinking, like, damn, I really love this game. Like, I'm yeah. really enjoying every aspect of this game. And, and you know, uh, so I, I hear what you're saying, you know. You yeah, know, I think... A big part of the appeal for uh, with Hades for me personally was that I I never heard of it, and then one day everybody on Twitter is like posting their sexiest um, you know character from Hades and writing fan fiction about it. I I mean I, obviously I'd heard of Hades. I was very much into Greek mythology when I was a child, so sure. I know all the actual. But I the game it came out of left field, and all of a sudden everybody's playing it, and I was like, well, it's what twenty dollars. I got twenty dollars in my back pocket right now. Boom, put it down, and then was like completely surprised. And like you, Zach, I don't like roguelikes, with the exception of FTL, which is maybe one of my favorite games of all time, but I don't like them. But this one does it in such a clever and interesting and fun way mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. I just kept playing it down here in my basement uh, dungeon. I just kept playing it over and over again. And then eventually I realized, oh, I could just leave my basement and um, not have to keep starting all over again. But right. yeah, it's that was the biggest draw of Hades for me was the surprise of it. Like I just, mm-hmm. it came out of nowhere and I knew what animal cry. I mean, come on. Right. The, the, the hugest booth at PAX East. The last time any of us had, got together and had fun. 
Right. So yeah, that's, that's so funny to me. And this is not to take away from that feeling at all because that rules, but like, it's so funny to me with early access games like that, because like I I played Hades, you know, in 2018 and was like, oh yeah, this game is great. And then I played it at the beginning of this year when it came out on Steam after leaving Epic. And I was like, oh yeah, this game is even better now. And like, it just kept getting better. (laughs) Like, so like I've seen it evolve over the years Whereas, and so it's super funny from that perspective to then have it explode as much as it did this year, because Mm -hmm. like I play early access and smaller indie games that I love or think are impressive all the time that like never really get that recognition. And like, I wonder what it is about Hades that just sort of clicked for people in a really big way this year on a scale I haven't seen in time. Uh, Zach, you, you I, like I have moment? a, yeah, I have a theory uh, about why it, it picked up this year. It's horny. Don't. It's a very oh, horny God, game. I knew you were going to say <laughs> yeah. that. The game is so horny. Everybody wants to have sex with everybody in that game. And yeah. I think that that's like, honestly, I think it's a big part of what turns so many people like, like literally and figuratively turns so many people on about that game. Right. Mm-hmm. Like it is a game that is, in, it is, inclusive and uh representative and like in a sort of funny way and uh you know i i think that honestly people thirsting after these like demigods helped people be aware of this game it's like hey everybody says this game is really horny but also very good i better check this out like Mm. yeah yeah usually you gotta pick i'm only partially kidding (laughs) (laughs) i do think it deserves credit too because both of you guys said that uh you weren't really into roguelikes and i've heard that all the time about this game right is that like people who aren't into roguelikes will still like it and i do think it deserves credit in its ability to make a roguelike a proper roguelike right like not feel like you're not making progress like every mm-hmm. death is almost as exciting as that game because you know that you're going to go be able to have some conversation with somebody that will move some story forward when you do and i think that's a valuable thing too it's just very funny like I I really love this game and it's super cool to see so many people kind of fall in love with it all at once, I guess. Yeah, yeah but the the package is also really good, right? The voice acting and the writing yeah. and all of that. Thank uh, you. Thank you, Zachary. <laughs> I didn't say anything. I, I didn't actually even know. That, I, I knew so little about this game other than everyone was talking about it. I didn't even know it was a roguelike when I bought mm-hmm. it. I just bought it right. because everyone was talking about it. And then I was like, after I died and I started, I was like, oh no, that's a rogue. Like, uh, and then I played through again. I was like, oh, it's a, yeah, but it's, it's so I clever because, like. like, the first time, you know, like it makes those deaths matter in a way that it roguelikes don't. Yeah. Most roguelikes don't, right? Like the fact that, like, you are resurrected and you come back and your, your dad is like, you blew it again, shocking. Yeah, you're your old and then, man. Yeah. And then you, you know, you come back to your second fight with Megara and she's like, I already mopped the floor with you once. I'll do it again. It's like, what? What? Like, you know that I've been here before. Yeah. Like, that's such a crazy thing to have happen in a story. And it, it just keeps building upon that. Like, they, like eventually you get to a point where, you know, she, she has a comment that's like, how many times are we going to do this? Like, how many times yeah. are you going to let me beat you before you give up? You know, like, you should just stay here in, in Hades. Like, it's, it's so, so smart. Yeah. I, like I said, I didn't actually end up ever finishing it, but mm. it wasn't out of like frustration. It was just because I got, I, I just yeah yeah, there's a lot of other games but the craziest thing to me about this game is at no point did I ever get like frustrated 
at dying or angry or feel like I was cheated. I'd just be like, well, better luck next time, which is right. not like me. I get very frustrated very easily, especially by video games. So for this game that is designed to make you start all over again, to not frustrate me, I think it just, it's, it's incredible. So I How guess you like demon souls. <laughs> now, let me tell you a little something about demon souls. I didn't think I game either. And it got, underneath my skin and i've been got the hooks in you it's not as i do definitely sometimes i i feel a a level of dread when i have to start over again but i never felt that dread at hades i never felt like you know what i'm not playing this anymore which is what i do every night with demon souls i'm like i'm not doing it i'm not fighting those three guys anymore i hate them and they're dumb and they're easy and i don't want to die to them because i wasn't paying paying attention attention Yeah. yeah so yeah hades i think is probably ah man i don't know i just don't know mm-hmm. i'm well, gonna say animal crossing for sure animal crossing all right <laughs> yeah well we got a we got a uh we got a three two one on animal crossing to hades with this team with tom reserving judgment and it sounds like maybe we, we got seth macy motivated to play uh more hades over the holiday break huh mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah I mean, yeah, I definitely want to get back into it. I just had so much fun playing it. I don't have any, yep. I never have a good excuse for why I put down a game that I like. It's just, <laughs> I mean, I have lots of excuses for games that I don't like because I didn't like them, but right, you know, I, I really like this game. I, one of the things that surprised me the most is, and maybe I just, because I haven't played it enough, I think I've played it quite a bit, but I never had repeating dialogue. Um, mm-hmm. Everybody said something new every, mm-hmm. time, every time I played it. Mm-hmm. Whereas like, I'm playing cyberpunk and within the first mission, he's like, let's go, let's go over here. Hey, eat lead, eat lead. Hey fellas. Um, and you know, don't get that in Hades. So, mm-hmm. you, you know what? One thing I will say though, if I can divert slightly um, is like this year was interesting for Nintendo in general. I felt mm-hmm. Compa- especially compared to 2019 where 2019 our game of the year nominees Fire Emblem, Link's Awakening, Luigi's Mansion 3, Pokemon Sword and Shield, and Mario Maker 2, right? Mm. Which are like five firing on all cylinder Nintendo first party exclusives, right? Yeah, home runs. This year, like, Hades is a third party sneaking in there. And obviously, this list is all very games, but like, even on this panel, right? Pair is like kind of less enamored with uh, with uh, Age of Calamity. Like I'm a little less enamored with Paper Mario. I didn't quite fall in love with it in the way a lot of other people did, right? Like I liked this, it a lot. Me too. I, I'm not totally yeah. fine. Like I thought it was a good game for yeah. sure. I just know that other people liked it more than me. And like, that's the thing about this year is like, it wasn't a bad year for the system by any means. No. It was just a slightly quieter exclusive year. This is yeah. I, th- I think the one thing you can say is that, you know, every couple of years or so, Nintendo reinvents some sort of game formula, or brings something new to the table. Obviously, we had Mario Kart um, uh, Live this year, right? Which was very different. But Mario Kart Live is kind of like... It's a cool AR tech experiment and toy. Right. It's not a full Mario Kart game. It doesn't have that nuance and depth and like, you know, you, you yeah. It, it's so, so it's a little bit like an odd game out in this mix mm-hmm. of titles. But like when you look at all our nominees, Animal Crossing is very much an evolved version of the classic Animal Crossing games. Hyrule Warriors is very much a sequel to Hyrule Warriors with Breath of the Wild mixed in and Paper Mario's Paper Mario, right? And then Pikmin <laughs> and Mario Collection are literally, um, you know, remakes and, and, and collections. So 
I I feel like this this was a weaker year for Nintendo just from a um perspective of, you know, original games. And you know, you've yeah. got stuff like Ring Fit in the past that were just kind of out there experiments, but um these are all very safe bets, don't you think? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a good way. Yeah. I think that's a really good way of putting it. Because it was a, definitely like a weaker year, but it wasn't a weak year. I guess, mm-hmm. right? No. It's like the, the way I would define it. It's, and I think safe is the right way to describe that. Yep. And I'd love yeah. to talk about Paper Mario. And like, I, first of all, I'm convinced the holiday game we got was not the holiday game Nintendo planned back in February sure. to release, right. right? Like the pandemic hit and it definitely slowed down everything. Just think about what they had to do to motion capture people now and all of that. Uh, and Japan did lockdown. Um, so, uh, but but Paper Mario, I would love to talk a little bit about Paper Mario. Please, by all means. Yep. I uh, actually, you know, I was a little bummed about the direction of the Paper Mario games. And like, I am one of those people who says we should go back to the RPG formula, really turn it more into Super Mario RPG, uh, but with that kind of paper look and stuff. And so I, I, I approached this game with trepidation because one, it didn't do that, right? Like it didn't go back to experience points and, you know, uh, the kind of like uh, RPG battling that, that you had in the past. Mm-hmm. The battle system is very different in that it's this weird, you know, turny, strategy puzzle game more than uh than what we've seen in the past but i actually did fall in love with this game and like it is despite the fact that it's not an rpg and it's despite the fact that the i feel like the battle system was not a success in the end it got more interesting in the boss battles but really they just it just didn't challenge you enough right like you could easily beat every battle and um and and things got it, it, you didn't have um, enough variety of items for it to feel special, right? Like there was a attack in a straight line or attack in like a hammer formation, and that was basically it, and you didn't have to do anything. However, the game got so good when you got to the desert and water worlds. Like when yep. it suddenly became Wind Waker, and yep. like, <laughs> wait, it wait, what? You- Hold on. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. It, it, the the exploration of driving around in the desert and finding hidden stuff and like cracking the you know their version of the desert temple or you know turning the towers um i'm not going to go into super detail if people still want to play this because you I said all you that i needed to hear and that Dude, was you I, 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 that 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 game paper mario so, I'm sorry, Perry. I interrupted you. Please yeah. finish. No, 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 no. Keep, uh, please, please jump in. I don't want to just uh, Paper Mario uh, talk. is a game that it's a better experience, I think, than it is like an actual like sequel to the Paper Mario franchise. So the last, yeah. you know, the last few Paper Mario games, um, because of the things that Pear outlined, like the battle system is fine. Like, like the actual mechanics itself, they're fine. But the 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 charm of the story and the characters the exploration and the puzzles like i think that this this paper mario is more akin and closer to like old school zelda games than previous paper mario games because when you're not dealing with the like whatever battle system the dungeon stuff like actual dungeon stuff that you're doing in this game really it's they're simpler puzzles they're they're easier you know fixes than old school zelda games but like i really came away with like a lot of like old school Zelda vibes. Like I I thought that it was that, that was what pulled me through that game in the moments when I was like, well, 
the battle system is fine. I could hang this up and go play something else. But then I would get to a point where I was like, oh, this is really brilliant. This is really fun and great. So I should stick with it and see more of this stuff. And that's that's that game is really defined by its middle part, right? It yeah. starts a little slow, and and by the way, the writing is freaking funny. It's so just good. really so funny. Really There's funny. so many good jokes in this game, but it kind of ramps up slowly, um, and then you get to then you get to the portions I described, like the desert and the water stuff, and uh, the dungeons and everything are just really cool. Uh, there's this really good ambient sound in this game. Like uh, the sound design, and everything is really good. The boss battles are freaking hilarious too. Mm-hmm. Like the enemies are all things that are enemies to paper in some fashion, right? And Staplers, uh, scissors, oh rubber bands, like and, yeah. And they're they're such bastards. Like the the bosses, the, you know, they smack talk and they have these like the stapler stapling you to the ground and stuff. It's just so uh. mean. Um, and then. Um, and so you feel this the when you do the boss battle stuff and the the system is a little bit more interesting with the with the turning wheels for those when you beat the bosses you feel a real sense of accomplishment it's never really that hard but it's fun and then the game wraps up and it's the it doesn't wrap up as strong as the middle part of the game but it's still really satisfying and there's still a bunch of things that you could find you know there's no achievement system on the switch but there are lots of hidden things that you can collect uh there's a quiz game in the game again, you know, like there's just really, I don't know, like I feel like every Switch fan should play Paper Mario. I know like, Tom, did you review it? No, Cam reviewed it. Cam reviewed it. I think we, we gave it a seven, right? Seven. We gave it a seven. I, I would, I would, I would give it an eight. I think me it's too. a great game. Yeah, me too. It could, but it is also so frustrating because if the battle system had been different and like the battle system in past Paper Mario games, like, it was really good, right? Like that being able to interact what is ostensibly a turn-based game. Like Nintendo really did an awesome job with that. And we've seen it in other games, you know, including Final Fantasy VII Remake um, since then. And like if they had gone back back to those roots and did did a little bit more of that, this could have been a nine game. Well, and that's that's the, the thing to me too about like Paper Mario. I completely agree with you that i wish paper mario would go back to a rpg full-on super mario rpg legend stars or some of the earlier paper mario games that's what i'd love for the, that series to do but also that's always only been half of what has appealed to me about the paper mario games i guess like the other half is the writing and the jokes yep. and the stories being told that's the kind of like the other the secret sauce within that game is that it's very fun engaging rpg combat but then also like you're meeting really goofy characters and you're having really goofy con- like the fact that thousand year door has an entire level where you are becoming a pro wrestler yes right? <laughs> like, so good is so unlike a mario game and it's so cool and fun and like that so that's the other half of that and i think that's really encouraging that this paper mario at least even if i didn't quite quite get as hooked by it especially because of the combat system like the fact that it has that other half successfully is really exciting to me and it it really nails that other half and it's like there there are moments in that game where it felt like i was playing a classic goemon game right it has this whole like uh feudal japan area Mm -hmm. in it very, very early on um and it's just like the music and the characters and like the the 
the jokes about how things are hidden and how you find them. It, ooh, I really, it has, really like this one. It has one of my favorite, it probably my favorite moment uh, in gaming this year. Uh, if you, if you don't want any paper Mario spoilers, skip ahead, you know, 30 seconds, 45 seconds here. Um, there are toads hidden everywhere across the game. Like, you, you know, you find toads everywhere, everywhere, and they're hidden in all these different places. And usually you can tell where they're going to be hidden, but there's one, there's one part and I may have told this story before on NBC, but there's one part where you you see like a, a set of like uh, long distance binoculars, like you would see at like a pier, you know, where you put a quarter in and you That's look right. in. And so you walk up to these binoculars and you look in there and you just see like just the toad's face, just like this. <laughs> and it's just, it, it made me laugh so hard. It was so funny. I just like, that was the moment for me where I was like, I love this game. Like this is really smart and really cute and funny. There are a lot of those things. Yeah. yeah. There, there are a lot of like, you look at a flagpole and you're like, hmm, you know, like <laughs> there's because everybody is also 2D and when they turn sideways, they're nearly invisible. You, they have so much fun with it. You that. can tell, yeah, you can tell that, that the people that localize, like wrote and localize this game are like longtime Nintendo fans themselves and also like just love a good pun. Right. <laughs> oh God. So many puns. So many puns. Yeah. I am completely sold on Paper Mario. You should play it, I, Seth. You would I, like it a lot, I think. I, didn't yeah. know if I would, but like, I mean, if, if you say that the middle is the best part, then that's a double stuff Oreo cookie to me. So, yeah. uh, but in a video game. So yeah, mm-hmm. I'm going to, I'm going to have to check this out yeah. for sure. You'll, you'll dig it, Seth. I think you'll like All it. Right. All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to check it out yeah. and I'll talk it, about it. it. It it has some areas in it that reminds you of old games where a traversal becomes a little annoying, right? Like where th- there's this really big open area later and like just getting from one point to the other point, it shouldn't be that cumbersome. And it doesn't often do the things that modern games do, like, uh, you know, where the character says, oh, you want to head back home and doesn't make you go across the entire map again. And sometimes Paper Mario doesn't do that for you. But uh, no, it's a and, and that's right. Like, ultimately, it's not my game of the year because it has some of these failings. It feels like it could like, first of all, the battle system feels like a false start and they should have gone. Mm-hmm. They should have adjusted it and created a real item system around yeah. it where buying items or finding items would be meaningful and it just like they they couldn't pull that together well my next question is kind of a little bit of a one of those you know you can't see it if you're listening but i just made it like a loop because it's yeah there you go um are there any games this year that aren't on our game of the year list for nintendo that you feel should be like even if it's not your personal game of the year, do you feel that there's a game for Nintendo that <laughs> belongs on the nominees list? I know that we didn't put 3D All-Stars on because it's a remake of three, or it's not even a remake. It's just like three games, three ROMs dumped on an emulator. But I still feel like that game was so gigantic that even though it didn't have any new content other than, you know, you could listen to the soundtrack anytime you wanted to for the, you know, that's never existed before. I still feel like 3D All-Stars was such a huge, important release this year that I, I think we should have made an exception. I'm making an exception right now, and I'm going to say that that is my forgotten game, or overlooked game of the year. Before we dive into this this discussion about 3D All-Stars, can I just uh, admit my shame? Sure. Yes. What is it? I didn't even buy it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, it didn't. It didn't. It fundamentally didn't even appeal to me because they were so unchanged. Well, yeah. your opinion is wrong. Yeah, I mean that's fair. I love, love, love those games, but like, I 
just like there was some part of me that was like $60 for three releases that have not changed just did not do it for me. And I, I couldn't justify it. And maybe that'll change. It's worth it for the convenience alone. You don't have to pull out the N64 anymore. Maybe that'll change by March, right? When it starts to be like, you can't get this anymore. And I'll be like, fine. Like maybe that'll happen. But like, I just haven't gone back to them because like, there's so many games out this year that like, the idea of replaying those again on a system that is ostensibly just an identical version was like really not appealing to me. I know I say that knowing those games are masterpieces in and of themselves though. So like, well, you know, Super Mario Sunshine is good, but the others are masterpieces. All right. And I love right. Super Mario Sunshine. I'm, I'm an apologist for that game. So yeah, no, I, I love it too, I, but it is rougher around the edges, yeah. right? Like yeah. even, even in its smoother fashion, they didn't fix the camera and the, the issues with the camera controls in, in the collection either. Right. But like the, you know, the beach level now runs actually smoothly and the manta rays no longer destroy the frame rate. Um, yeah, I, th- I think, look, you look uh, Zach Ryan, I think, is to blame for not having this nominated in yeah. any sort of fashion. All blame. It's I didn't write a review for it, so I don't know what you're talking about. It's very funny. I did an um, analysis. <laughs> oh, that's, that is but it, But it's also like the, the one thing about Game of the Year is that we do want to highlight new, original, and fresh experiences. And, like, it is... It is sometimes tough when games get remade that are near and dear to our hearts that they sneak themselves, they sneak back into a list for the second or sometimes third time, right? Like, so how do you like handle the, the fact, like, yeah, like, like it's sad, right? Wind Waker was probably one of the, the probably the best game on the Wii U. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't a Wii U game, that was a GameCube game, right? Like, it just got <laughs> updated for the platform. And, like, um, that's how finally I feel about finally Pear saying something I can agree with him on. Well, yeah, and the fun. other the other part of that too is like if you look at the games that got released this year, right? Like Pippin 3 Deluxe, which I feel I reviewed that game. I think that is both in quality of life improvements and the content they added, a substantial update to that game. Yep. On, on the level of something like Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, right? Um yep. Then you also had Xenoblade Chronicles, which was a total yep. remaster with updated graphics. You also had uh, Tokyo Mirage Sessions, Effie Sharp, which was like a pretty substantial update to that game. And then you had like, and that's why 3D Collection kind of stood out to me as also like not really, it, it just was like so, it did so much less than those in a very disappointing way, despite the fact that those games are phenomenal. That, that's true. Uh, I, for think everybody. That, I think that there's, oh, my TV just came on for some reason. Oh, nice. yeah. No, I was going to say Xenoblade was the one that almost made the list here because it was such a substantial sure. update. Uh, but in the end, Hades just kind of squeezed its way. Oh, Pikmin, yeah. one of the two squeezed its way. And I think Hades actually got, got lots of votes to be yeah. on the nomination. List. I think that's fair. The One of the coolest things about 3D All-Stars for me as a dad is my son is 16. He's almost 17 now. He's a, He's a big, tall boy. And for him, this was the first time he's ever experienced nostalgia, like mm. meaning like he remembers Galaxy when he was just like a little, little kid. Mm. He remembers, you know, back when he was not good at video games and I just hand him the, the Joy-Con and be like, yeah, yeah shoot, shoot stars. But now he can play it. And now he's, you know, streaming it on his on his Twitch channel and he's playing N64 or uh, Super Mario 64 and. I don't think he's any interest in sunshine whatsoever. But that's cool. <laughs> hey man, whatever. But it's, it's like, it's so, well, I guess it makes me feel old, but it's also very 
cool to see him experiencing nostalgia for something from his childhood and like just being so overjoyed to revisit that again now that he you know drove me around town yesterday i felt that way i felt that way about super mario 64 this time until i got to tiktok clock and then i was like i'm good <laughs> i'm good on this i don't need to 100 so, this game again so i um you know I, I played i played games with my kids at a young age and my daughter played a ton of super mario sunshine when she was little and my oldest son who is what is he like 17 too yeah he, he he didn't play much sunshine and so with this collection we actually played it um what was so funny just you, you don't forgetting know your, your child's age yeah I did. There are too many of them. It's too. Many, it's too many to keep track of. There's like I. Th- I think my daughter is 19 now. It's like they keep on getting older too. Oh, now they're even older. Um, and so we we actually uh, we broke out Sunshine and we played together and we would hand off the controller just like I used to play games with my friends uh, back in my youth. And um, yeah, we played a ton of Sunshine uh, that way. Where you know whenever one person would die and like with the bonus levels where you lose your water pack, it can happen within seconds, as you guys know. And like we'd go, no, no, hold on, hold on, that one didn't count. So we did that whole thing. Um, and we got really, really far in Sunshine um, and then got sidetracked, of course. Um, I think we got so mad at the <laughs> the mission where you have to take, you have to bring Yoshi on the boat with fruit. And like then, then you have to get the fruit um, from that little pedestal and then uh, jump back uh, on the boat. Yeah, and it's classic so old riddle. <laughs> But the it's so hard the- to judge the distance in that, and and Yoshi is so slippery. Like we just said, f this game when we stopped. <laughs> yep. But, well, uh, um, it turns out like we've we've done it. We've talked about the game of the year. We filled up all the time that we're allocated huh. in wow. this. So I, I'm sorry that you didn't get to give all your thoughts on the games that you thought were missing. But maybe people can find you online and ask you then. Or in the uh, NBC Facebook Facebook group, which I'm now a member of. Finally. I just I let you Thank in you before this, for, yeah. for letting me letting me into the group with my one Facebook friend, which is my wife. Thank you, darling, for adding me. Um, but yeah, that's about all the time we have. If you want to listen to this week's, oh wait, we don't have listener questions. So nope. if you want to listen to them, I'm sorry, we don't have any. But you can listen to this on any of your favorite podcasting platforms like Spotify to submit your own questions for uh, us to answer on the next show. Write us at NBC at IGN.com or respond to our weekly question block post on the Nintendo Voice Chat podcast forums on Facebook. Thank you so much for watching. And remember, NBC is the only place where you can get the thing all year long. All year long. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.